Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. AP's catching a flight to Colorado, Nate's filling in, and Trump has a meltdown on Twitter. All this and more on today's The Poor Rapport. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 14 of The Poor Rapport. I'm your host, Nate Phillips, filling in for Mr. Poor today. Let's get right into that. What's going on with this? Why am I here? AP is not here. This is strange. Did I hijack his show? Is this some sort of podtastic terrorism? Who knows? It's not, I promise. Uh, AP had to catch a flight out of town real quick. Unexpected. He was supposed to record today. Work called. They said, hey, we need you. We need you right now. Come right now. We need you to go. We come, we go. You get out of here. Let's go. So that's where he's at. He's not here, and he asked me to fill in today. So what does that mean? I've never done a political podcast before. I've never talked about things outside of my nerddom uh, with great detail uh, not because I'm not well-versed, but it's just easier to keep your mouth shut in a world full of idiots, I feel, honestly. Now, I'm a big fan of the poor rapport, so for AP to ask me to fill in today, it's like, man, big shoes to fill, gotta make sure I don't fuck this show up. I feel like I've already started because I just immediately cursed right out of the gate. I feel like that's something that AP would not be doing. So, uh, today, in preparing for the poor rapport... I went online, I found a bunch of articles, I printed the articles up, I've got some stuff here, I have a little thing I want to try to add to this show, maybe a future segment, who knows how this will go. I've got a bunch of papers here that have a bunch of information I'm going to be reading to you from various news sources. We're going to talk about them, we're going to see what we think, I'm going to share my opinions with you, and I hope you enjoy what I'm saying, and if not, I'm sorry. But, we're in the United States of America, I can have my opinion. You can have yours, and that's cool. That's the way it should work. Doesn't mean we have to get along, or even talk about our opinions. I feel like sometimes you're just posturing when you're talking about your opinion. You walk into a place, and you hear somebody bolstering about how things are so bad in this world, and you think it's it's cool to maybe bring up that, oh, well, Donald Trump is a good guy or whatever, and we're not going to get into just pointing fingers directly at the president while a lot of this episode will be pointing fingers directly at him and a lot of the situations that have been going on with him, I don't want to start there today. I felt like it was important to start with something that's important to podcasts. If you're listening to this, it most likely means you are a fan of podcasts. You like hearing someone's voice in your ears or while you're at work or while you're in the car, whatever you're doing, you need some sort of noise to keep you distracted to get you through your day-to-day. And what I'm about to talk about is threatening to take all of that away from us. And I feel it's very important we bring this up. So, a group of senators has sent a letter to the FCC asking the commission to delay its December 14th vote on proposed net neutrality protection rollbacks, The Hill reports. 
uh, led by Senator Maggie Hassan. 28 senators signed the letter, which pointed to evidence that the proposal public comments were rife with fraudulent posts. A free and open Internet is vital to ensuring a level playing field online, and we believe that your proposed action may be based on an incomplete understanding of the public record in this proceeding. The fact there is good re- in fact there is good reason to believe that the record may be replete with fake or fraudulent comments suggesting that your proposal is fundamentally flawed. A number of groups have found evidence that many of the 22 million public comments on the FCC's proposal might be fake. Data scientist Jeff Kao reported notes Report noted that at least 1.3 million comments were fake and came from a central source, while the Pew Research Center found that over half of the comments came from a temporary duplicate or fake email addresses. Further, in light of the evidence that some of the comments used other people's identities without their consent, New York State Attorney General Eric Snydenheimer has sent letters to the FCC chastising the commission for not looking into the fraudulent commentary and set up a portal so New Yorkers can see if their identities were falsely used during the public comment period. The letter, signed by Chuck Schumer, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker, requests that the FCC delay its vote until it can thoroughly review the public record and prove its accuracy. The FCC must invest its time and resources into obtaining a more accurate picture for the rec- of the record as understanding of the record is essential to reaching a defensible resolution to this proceeding, they wrote. Now, here's an update. Chairman Pai's office tells Ars Technica the vote will go on as scheduled on December 14th. That statement expl- And the statement explains that net neutrality supporters are becoming more desperate by the day as a push to block Pai's plan has stalled. So what does that mean? Well, if net neutrality goes out the window, you have to buy internet. And then, within your internet, you're going to have to buy sub-packages to use things like social media, to use podcasting apps, to watch uh, your Hulus and your Netflix and your YouTubes. You're going to have to buy sub-packages for your social media. There are other countries that have no net neutrality. And if you go and look at them, it is riddled with craziness. Essentially, this is a desperate attempt, in my opinion, for... These politicians and people in the FCC, for whatever reason, to try to silence the less fortunate on this earth. Essentially saying, look, social media is a place where people can mostly freely go and post their thoughts and their feelings. And if we roll this back, only the rich or wealthier people are going to be able to access the internet at levels that we currently are accessing this internet in this day and age. So what does that mean? Well, it means that Again, you're not going to have podcasts as easily. You're going to be paying more money just to get your favorite podcasters. And guess what? Your favorite podcasters might go away because they can't afford to get the different package to have podcasting be something they utilize. This is a terrible thing that they're trying to do here. I'm really hopeful that the FCC does not roll back net neutrality. Uh, I think it will be another... um, another brick in the wall that will start to crumble the modern era Rome known as the United States of America. Uh, Now, to move on to even worse news, I guess, uh, this one came as a bit of a shock now. So, as you guys all know, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, there's the whole thing with Kevin Spacey going on. He gets fired from Netflix. I think I asked this question on another podcast at some point. I said, uh, 
Danny Masterson, the guy who was on uh, that 70s show, and he's also on the Netflix show The Ranch, um, has been accused of, of assaulting victims, like sexually assaulting women. Why has he not been punished? Kevin Spacey was fired immediately from his role and all ties cut with him pretty much across the board in anything Hollywood. I feel like his career is pretty much over. We just saw the, uh, you know, it's better to, I guess, in Kevin Spacey's opinion, it's probably going to not be so good to have burnt out than to fade away because he burnt out uh, in a terrible manner. So uh, to talk about Danny Masterson here, this is another article that I pulled up. Uh, it says, one of actor Danny Masterson's alleged sexual assault victims says a Netflix executive told her this weekend that higher-ups at the company don't believe the four women who have accused Masterson of a rape. Netflix confirmed in a statement that Andy Yeatman, its director of global kids content, made those careless and uninformed comments, but noted that he was not initially aware that the women, that the woman he was speaking to had accused Masterson of rape. Masterson stars in the Netflix program The Ranch alongside his former That 70s Show co-star Aston Kutcher. That 70s Show also is streaming on Netflix. Although four women have accused Masterson of raping them and the Los Angeles County District's Attorney and Los Angeles Police Departments are investigating the allegations, Netflix has not taken any action against the actor, not even a suspension pending investigation. The lack of action on Netflix's part, even though the company moved quickly to suspend and then fire Kevin Spacey after BuzzFeed published a report detailing an allegation of sexual misconduct against the actor, has led to outrage on Twitter and an online petition that has gained over 36,000 signatures by Monday morning in a Daily Beast story titled Netflix Disturbing Sexual Assault Hypocrisy. Yeatman spoke with the woman who HuffPo is referring to as victim B on the sideline of a kid's soccer game in Los Angeles. Yeatman is the head coach of a soccer team for eight and nine-year-old girls. Victim B's husband is the head coach of the team that played against Yeatman's on Sunday. Their respective daughters play on teams that their fathers coach. When victim B approached Yeatman and asked him if he worked at Netflix, she said he answered in the affirmative. Victim B said she asked Yeatman why Netflix was not taking action against Masterson in light of the district attorney's investigation and the multiple accusations of rape. According to victim B and another witness, witness, Yeatman said Netflix takes sexual misconduct allegations seriously, but that we don't believe them, referring to Masterson's four accusers. Victim B told HuffPo she never expected Yeatman to say such a thing and was left stunned. She said she then told him, I'm one of them, indicating she was one of Masterson's accusers, and the conversation quickly ended. What the fuck is up with this? Danny Masterson? Listen, it doesn't surprise me he's a misogynistic piece of shit who takes advantage of women and, and has done things that are as disgusting as rape. It does not surprise me because, again, that's the day, and age we, the day and age that we are currently living in. And it's all been downhill. I feel like, as I said, it's going to be a long, drawn-out process weeding out all the creepy people from Hollywood. And maybe we'll start to see a revolutionary change in society as a whole when these people are taken out of positions of power. That doesn't mean that everyone gets a free pass, though, right? Because, see, while people like Danny Masterson are not being officially um, reprimanded for what they've done wrong, uh, and we've got people like Kevin Spacey who have, you've got uh, Louis C.K. and 
uh, Weinstein and Ratner and all these names coming forward. Uh, to me, there is another person who is in a position of power who shouldn't have any power whatsoever. And I find it so interesting that in the time of the presidency of the United States of Trump, we are witnessing Hollywood crack at the seams and really open up to what's really going on behind closed doors. With that being said, I'm going to move into my next little topic here, getting right into it. We've got uh, uh, AP personally asked me to speak on this. I didn't know this happened. I'm a little bit frustrated. Also want to mention real quick, I'm about to take my first drink of Kugel's Pomegranate Shandy. Uh, it's a new brew I picked up. Uh, it's not something that you would typically find on brews with dudes. This is a little bit more domesticated in the world of beers. Uh, but it seems like it could be a fun little flavor, so I'm going to try it out right now before I get into my next article, and I'm going to let you guys know what I think. Who knows? Maybe it's amazing. It's light. It's refreshing. It uh, It actually doesn't have like a beer aftertaste. It tastes like watered-down pomegranate juice, actually. It's not bad. It's not bad. That is something I would not mind uh, drinking more of. Uh, so let's get into it here. We have a fucking moron of a president. I'm just going to come out and say it. I know that's very um, fake news of me, but fuck you, Donald Trump. Uh, let's let's just get into this right now. The Supreme Court on Monday allowed the Trump administration to fully enforce a ban on travel to the United States by residents of six mostly Muslim countries. This is not a final ruling on the travel ban. Challenges to the policy are winding through the federal courts, and the justices themselves ultimately are expected to rule on its legality. But the actions indicate that the high court might eventually approve the latest version of the ban announced by President Donald Trump in September. Lower courts have continued to find problems with the policy. White House spokesman Hogan Gidley said the White House is not surprised by today's Supreme Court decision permitting immediately enforcement of President's proclamation limiting travel, uh, limiting travel from countries uh, presenting heightened risks of terrorism. Opponents of this and previous versions of the ban say they show a bias against Muslims. They say that was reinforced mostly, most recently by uh, Trump's retweets of anti-Muslim videos. That was a whole messed up thing we could talk about. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders or whatever saying that the even if the videos are fake, the threat is real. That's like the most racist shit you could say. By the way, like just to be completely honest with you. Uh, so let's get back to this. Uh, President Trump's anti-Muslim prejudice is no secret. He has repeatedly confirmed it, including just last week on Twitter. It's unfortunate that the full ban can move forward for now, but this order does not address its merit of our claims, says Omar Jadwat, director of the American Civil Liberties Union's Immigrants' Rights Project. The ACLU is representing some opponents of the ban. Two Judge Justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor, noted their disagreement with court orders allowing its latest policy to take full effect. The new policy is not expected to cause the chaos that ensued at airports when Trump rolled out its first ban without warning in January. Uh, the ban applies to travelers from Chad, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Syria, and Yemen. 
Lower courts have said people from those nations with a claim of a bona fide relationship with someone in the United States could not be kept out of the country. Grandparents, cousins, and other relatives were among those courts said could not be excluded. The courts were borrowing language the Supreme Court itself came up with last summer to allow partial enforcement of an earlier version of the ban. Now, those relationships will no longer provide a blanket exemption of the ban, although visa officials can make exceptions on a case-by-case basis. The justice offered no explanation for their order, but the administration said that blocking the full ban was causing imperable harm because the policy is based on legitimate national security and foreign policy concerns. In lawsuits filed in Hawaii and Maryland, federal courts said that the updated travel ban had violated federal immigration laws. The travel policy also applies to travelers from North Korea and to some Venezuelan government officials and their families, but the lawsuits did not challenge those restrictions. Also unaffected are refugees. A temporary ban on refugees expired in October. All the rulings so far have been on a preliminary basis. The San Francisco-based 9th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond, Virginia, will be holding arguments on the legality of the ban this week. David Levine at the University of California, Hastings Law School professor, said that by allowing the ban to take effect just days before the appeals court's agreements, the justices were signaling their view. I think it's tipped the hand of the Supreme Court, Levine said. It suggests that from their understanding, the government is more likely to prevail on the merits than we might have thought. Both appeals courts are dealing with the issue on an accelerated basis, and the Supreme Court noted it expects those courts to reach decisions with appropriate dispatch. Quick resolution by appellate courts would allow the Supreme Court to hear and decide the issue this term by the end of June. (sighs) Okay, so Trump thinks it's cool to let people... uh, be banned from our country when this country was founded on letting people in. Now, I get it. You think that domestic terrorism and all these other things, not non-domestic foreign terrorism, is the very real threat, and there's all these threats, and there's all this terrible shit that's happening. And here's the truth, folks, and I'm going to cut it to you really dry and simple. If you're listening this deep into this show, I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing, but I'm going to go on a little bit of an honest rant. The most terrorism that has been happening in this country have come from white men not Muslim men, not Muslim women, not any, it's mostly white men that are from America who are pro-Donald Trump and pro-Nazi and super conservative Christian values. Terrifying, right? It's terrifying because people like Donald Trump don't only set a status quo that it's okay to hate other people and discriminate against other people. They're also setting status quos like this. I don't know if you heard this or not. Donald Trump came out and actually said he wants Roy Moore to win the election in Alabama and is supporting him because they need him to vote to have him on their side. He does not care that Roy Moore is a pedophile. Cut and dry, folks. He's a pedophile. He raped and had sexual misconduct with 14-year-old girls, 15, 16, 17-year-old girls, 18-year-old girls, and I don't care. I don't care what you believe, consent, and all that blah, 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 horse shit. It's all horse shit. The fact of the matter is this. Roy Moore did some very bad things when he was a 30-something-year-old man. I'm 30 right now. 
couldn't in a million years envision doing the things that he has done to people and just been a predator, legit, straight-up predator. But that's okay. He's a, he's a conservative with Christian values. That's okay. He can forgive and forget because his God tells him that's okay, right? Uh, I don't think so, but I don't know. Uh, all I know is right now we're in a very tumultuous time in the world. We have a crazy man as our president. We have a crazy man who runs another country in North Korea, and they're both itching to pull the trigger. And that makes for a very tense time. It's almost like Cold War II in the United States right now. Uh, with uh, really, it's like Cold War II, dawn of Korea or something, I guess, because you've got the Russians who are still uh, meddling with our, who meddled with our election results and who changed things and made things crazy. And there's all the stuff that went on there. Uh, <clears throat> But that's all kind of coming on its head, and that's where I want to go to next because President Trump, man, crazy mofo Sunday morning had a meltdown, folks. He's had a bunch of meltdowns over this news with Michael Flynn. He's had meltdowns over a wide array of things. Um, Of course, every time he talks on Twitter, I just feel like he's the dumb bully on the playground who is just like he keeps hurting all the kids and then blaming the kid that they got hurt you know it's kind of just like well they shouldn't have done that you know so let's read this next thing it says president trump's assertion that former fbi director james comey destroyed the bureau's reputation isn't sitting well with comey and other former members of the justice department after years of comey with this phony and dishonest clinton investigation in parentheses, and more, running the FBI. Its reputation is in tatters, worst in history, Trump tweeted on Sunday. But fear not, we will bring it back to greatness. He sounds like a a dictator. I mean, cut and dry, folks. He is talking like a dictator, guaranteeing that no matter what, he is going to prevail, and he is the, the shining light. And there's, you know what, there's due process and there are checks and balances that are supposed to happen throughout the courts and throughout making bills and laws and things like that. So uh, Comey actually responded to this with a quote from his June 8th testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. I want the American people to know this truth, Comey then said. The FBI is honest, the FBI is strong, and the FBI is and always will be independent. The former FBI director's tweet included a collage of photos showing federal investigators at work. And then, of course, there's, uh, you know, uh, that was from that was from yesterday, December 3rd, two days ago, as you're listening to this now on December 5th. Eric Holder, Barack Obama's attorney general, tweeted that he would not allow Trump's disparaging tweet slide. Nope. Not letting this go. The FBI's reputation is not in tatters, Holder wrote on Twitter. It's composed of the same dedicated men and women who have always worked there and who do a great apolitical job. You'll find integrity and honesty at FBI headquarters and not at 1600 Penn Avenue right now. Shots fired. Sally Yates, who was also a former acting attorney general, uh, I think she was the first to be fired by Trump and all of the Many, many people who have been fired and let go. Sean Spicer and uh, there's too many. uh, Did Kellyanne Conway get fired? I think she did. Sally Yates says, the FBI is in tatters? No. The only thing in tatters is the president's respect for the rule of law. The dedicated men and women of the FBI deserve better. 
Both Comey and Yates were fired by Trump. The president dismissed Yates in January after she refused to defend his travel ban. The White House has had a shifting explanation for firing Comey, initially accusing him of being too publicly critical of Hillary Clinton while investigating her, but Trump later said he terminated Comey for being a showboat. Comey has said that he believes he was fired because the FBI's investigation into whether the Trump campaign worked with Russia to influence the 2016 election. At the time, the White House also said that Comey left the FBI disorganized and with low morale, though then-acting director Andrew McCabe contradicted this claim. Trump ultimately appointed Christopher Wray to replace Comey, and the Senate confirmed him. Comey's firing also came after he said Trump asked him to drop the FBI's investigation into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. In May, Yates testified that she warned the White House counsel, Don McGahn, in late January that Flynn essentially could be blackmailed by the Russians. Thomas O'Connor, president of the FBI Agents Association, also bristled at Trump's characterization. Each and every day, FBI special agents put their lives on the line to protect the American public from national security and criminal threats, O'Connor said in a statement. Agents performed these duties with unwavering integrity and professionalism and a focus on complying with the law and the Constitution. This is why the FBI continues to be the premier law enforcement agency in the world. FBI agents are dedicated to their mission, suggesting otherwise is simply false. So Trump is off his fucking rocker, accusing and pointing fingers, and he's just having a meltdown. James Comey knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. We're watching the dissolution of Donald Trump. I actually feel like, and this is, you know, I don't know if this is terrible to say or whatnot. This is just honest to say, I think. Uh, I feel like he's got something in place, whether it's like going to be like a suicide attempt on himself or some kind of assassination attempt that's planned against him, some way to get him out of the picture without him having to face what he has done, what he's been a part of orchestrating. Because in some ways, Donald Trump is a criminal mastermind, really. I feel like some... Like part of this is the like fault of the Republican, you know, national committee and the Republicans in general saying, okay, how can we shift this? We don't want Hillary in. We need our guy. Who can we manipulate? Trump is kind of an idiot. But he's also kind of intelligent, but he's really stupid all at the same time. How are we going to play this out? And then they just like they just move the chess pieces in broad daylight, thinking there's no way anyone can tr- can touch us. They'll have to go through too many people. Essentially, they implicated so many people. They think that there's no way this will actually get back to Trump in time for Trump to feel uh, the actual effects of what he has done and how he has negatively impact our nation and not just our nation. How other countries view our nation. How many people think? God, the fucking United States are the scum of the society. Like, we're the worst. Look at who we represented, who we chose to represent us. Look at who we picked to represent our country. Donald J. Trump, psychopath extraordinaire, Twitler himself. We got more news here. Oh, but this is not directly about Donald Trump. This is actually a really interesting article I found. It's about Paul Manafort. He was the campaign chairman to Trump. Uh, it seems that he attempted to publish a op-ed under someone else's name, and uh, prosecutors are now working for special Robert, special counsel Robert Mueller pushing for Manafort to remain on house arrest and GPS monitoring for the time being. 
Uh, the op-ed was an opinion essay written to publish in some form, usually on a website or newspaper magazine. It's usually marked as representing the views of a writer and separated from the news content. In the court filings, prosecutors say Manafort and the colleagues sought to publish the op-ed to influence public opinion about his political consulting in Ukraine, work at the heart of the criminal case against him. The op-ed was being drafted as late as last week, prosecutors say. They did not name the colleague, but noted the person is based in Russia. Manafort is currently facing several felony charges involving allegations of money laundering and other financial crimes related to his political consulting work in Ukraine. Manafort has denied any wrongdoing. A trial is scheduled for 2018. Reached Monday, a spokesperson for Manafort declined comment on the op-ed described by prosecutors. In the court filing, prosecutors say the op-ed appeared to violate and admonished from the judge an admonishment from the judge last month to refrain from public statements. Even if ghostwritten op-ed were entirely accurate, fair, and balanced, it would be a violation of the court's November 8 order if it had been published. The persecutors wrote the editorial clearly was undertaken to influence the public opinion of defendant Manafort, or else there would be no reason to seek its publication, much less for Manafort and his longtime associate to ghostwrite it in another's name. They added it compounds the problem that the proposed piece is not dispassionate, uh, recitation of the facts. Prosecutors say they discovered the effort to publish the op-ed last Thursday and alerted Manafort's attorney who assured prosecutors that steps would be taken to make sure it was no longer going to be published. At the time, Manafort was working to secure his release from home confinement by posting a more than $10 million bond. According to court papers, he had reached a tentative agreement with the government. But after discovering the op-ed, Mueller's team is now opposing Manafort, proposing bond agreement. Prosecutors did not disclose the op-ed in court papers, so as to prevent it from becoming public. They also did not disclose what name the ghost-written op-ed would have been published under. Manafort and his longtime business associate, as we know, Rick Gates, were indicted in October by grand jury in Washington. They are among the first people to face charges brought on by the special counsel's office. Manafort led to the Trump campaign for several months, including during the Republican National Convention. Gates also worked as a s senior role in the campaign. Mueller had been leading a wide-ranging investigation into Russian's election interference and any coordination with Trump associates. Manafort's done. Cook him on the Barbie. It's over, folks. It's not looking good. Paul Manafort, I don't understand why you would do this. He's already in trouble, right? Like, they've already hook, line, sinkered him, got him. They know what he's done. They know they're going to take him to trial. They're probably going to kick his ass in trial. He's going to go to prison for a long time. He just makes things so much worse for himself. He decides, I'll write an op-ed in someone else's name, ghostwritten. I'll have them publish it. It'll hopefully maybe change public opinion of me, which will help my chances in not being, in, uh, you know, uh, officially uh, charged with a crime. And everything will be all good and well however this just goes guilty 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 you're fucking guilty he did it he's guilty he's guilty folks ladies and gentlemen why would you do that like they're gonna ask him in court there was this op-ed you were gonna post why what's your reasoning and there's no way in hell he's talking himself out of that box he's done folks paul manafort put the cuffs on him give him an orange and black jumpsuit put his ass on the side of the road digging ditches his days are numbered you're a fucking crook. You're going down. You're a part of all of this, and you're the first domino. You're one of the dominoes to fall in all of this. And before it's all said and done, I'm really hopeful that Donald Trump is the last domino to fall.
and the great collapse of the current American presidency will be done. And they'll have to figure out a different way to do things. I think us as a society need to smarten up and figure out a better, more politically stable way to pick our leader other than campaigning and gallivanting across the country with donors and people giving their money to you to essentially say, well, they represent me, I'm going to give them my donation, and they're going to represent my beliefs and then fuck me when they don't actually represent my beliefs, but they took my money all the same. I feel like we need to get away from that. I feel like we need to have an honest, uh, you know, no-party system where leaders are based on their merits, on what they have accomplished as people, as how they've shown that they are great leaders. People who are willing to step up and take responsibility when they make mistakes. Donald Trump is not that guy. I'm sorry, that's just the fact. Speaking of Donald Trump, he's got a bunch of tax cuts coming. This sucks, as you know. Uh, it's going to really affect the middle class more than anybody else. You're giving bigger breaks to corporations, less breaks to lower-income families, Overall, I feel this is a terrible thing. So somebody at Yahoo wrote an article about six things that they think could make this bill a little bit better. If you could if you could even say that, you know. So here are the six improvements they think they can make. I'm just going to actually read the bullet points. I'm not going to get into the whole article typically cuz you know what? This is none of this shit is going to be finalized, I don't think. I feel like there are going to be some major changes that happen before this is all said and done. So here are the six improvements, according to this Yahoo article, that they think that President Trump's uh, tax cut bill could use. Cut the corporate tax rate to 22% rather than 20%. Phase in the corporate rate cut instead of ushering it in all at once. Make all individual tax cuts permanent just like the business cuts. Keep the current tax breaks for graduate students and taxpayers with high medical cost. Keep the estate tax intact. Make sure that re reducing the SALT deduction won't wreck city and state budgets. So this, you know, I don't have a lot to say about this. I really just hate that I feel like everything Trump could find a way to try to fuck up and, and, and the Republican Party under the guidance of Trump could fuck up. They're just going for it. They're like, oh, gay rights? Fuck that. You know, uh, is a plant illegal? Yes, it is. Fuck you. You know, like, do we care about the poor and the middle class? No, we fucking don't. Fuck you. It's all about the 1%. I just read the other day that a GOP, um, one of the members of the GOP was saying that people who aren't millionaires are aren't millionaires because they only spend their money on booze and women. That is fucking terrible. We are broke. This country is motherfucking broke. We are struggling as a nation. I am struggling as a person. I am not going to be afraid to sit here and tell you that. Man, shit is tough. Times are really hard. You've got people struggling with degrees. Motherfuckers who have went to college and got a better understanding of the fucking the way the world works, you know, when they've got a higher education and they can't get a job at fucking anywhere but McDonald's. That is bullshit, utter bullshit, more bullshit than I can handle. Folks, I've actually only got a couple more articles here for you, but I wanted to introduce something new to the Poor Rapport. Uh, it's essentially me taking and riffing on Weekend Update, kind of that show that they do inside of uh, 
inside of uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't know if it's going to be funny. Maybe the jokes will land. Maybe they won't land. It's really going to be your job to come to me after you've listened to this and say, hey, buddy, uh, those were terrible and don't make jokes like that. Don't do that again, okay? So I've got a bunch of articles here and I've got a bunch of headlines and i got a bunch of things I'd like to say. Let's start with this one. We were already talking about it a little bit earlier. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. It really is her turn. House of Cards Season 6 will actually have Robin Wright's Claire Underwood taking place uh, now that she's the newly installed POTUS. Uh, It seems that there's actually a new up-and-coming actor joining House of Cards Season 6, and his name is Spevin Casey. Ford is suing John Cena. Uh, John Cena got a special 2017 Ford GT in September and decided that he would sell it. So now Ford is suing John Cena, although Ford is unsure if they will be able to see John Cena in court. Because, yeah, because you can't see him, right? Uh, Samsung has just unveiled, and this one's a shocker for you folks, Samsung has just filed patent applications for a device that can read the palm of your hand in Gadget First Reported. Uh, I guess they're going to call this codename Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. Uh, ah, that was, that was bad, huh? Okay, so uh, we got one more here for you, folks. Maggie Parks, writer for Yahoo Lifestyle, recently wrote how Matt Lauer looks different. And, uh, you know, this is what knowing about pe- who people really are behind closed doors does. Well, I mean closed and locked doors from your desk doors. Because, you know, that's what he was doing. He's gross. But really, the, it's funny. I want to actually talk about that a little bit. The uh, people talking about how Matt Lauer looks different now. He looks like a fucking creep. It's because he's a fucking creep. Like, we can't deny that, folks. He is creepy because he's a creep. And he was creeping and doing terrible things to women. Locking women in his office and raping them until they passed out. And, and uh, there are many different interviews with certain women that going back and retrospectively looking at, like uh, I think Anne Hathaway is a big one to go and, and re- rewatch. He is just, God, he's been so fucking creepy the whole time. It's not really surprising now that it's out in the open. Another sexual allegation misconduct. Uh, that's all I have for my little bit of a joke segment. It only lasted a few short minutes there, but I just want to see how it how it stuck. Let's get back into the thing here. Got some more Trump news for you. And it's all about his tweets. I'm just going to read these tweets. I just want, I'm not even going to read all, these tweets are fucking ridiculous, folks. There are tweets that are contradicting his own tweet. Like, I don't even know how he did that. Coming from Donald Trump, this is December 2nd, which would have been Saturday night at 8.06 p.m. So General Flynn lies to the FBI and his life is destroyed while crooked Hillary on the now famous FBI holiday interrogation with no swearing in and no recordings lies many times and nothing happens to her, rig system, or just a double standard. More more from Trump. Many people in our country are asking what the quote-unquote Justice Department is going to do about the fact that the total crooked Hillary after she received a subpoena from the United States Congress, deleted and acid-washed 33,000 emails. No justice. Meltdown mode. Congratulations to ABC News for suspending Brian Ross for his horrendously inaccurate and dishonest report on the Russia, Russia, Russia witch hunt. More networks and papers should do the same with their fake news. 
Brian Ross, which, uh, let's see, he was suspended for an erroneous on-air report that asserted Flynn was prepared to testify that Trump, as a candidate for president, directed him to contact Russia. Uh, so he was suspended. He tweeted, my job is to hold people accountable, and that's why I agree with being held accountable myself. So he took accountability for being fired or being suspended and, and just ran with it. More Trump. People who lost money when the stock market went down 350 po points based on the false and dishonest reporting of Brian Ross of ABC News, he has been suspended, should considering hiring a lawyer and suing ABC for the damages this bad reporting has caused many millions of dollars. You can't do that as a president, say that somebody should be sued? Come on, man. You look like a fucking punk-ass bitch right now, Donald Trump. I'm not down with it at all. I'm very not cool with how this works. I never asked Comey to stop investigating Flynn. Just more fake news covering another Comey lie. It's not a lie, bro. Comey's not going to lie. There's no reason for him to lie. He seemed pretty straight up in the courts. When are you going to give your disposition on everything that happened, Trump? Didn't you say you'd do that? Have you gone and testified yet? I don't think you have. I'm sure they're waiting for you. Have you talked to Don Have you talked to uh, Robert Mueller yet? The answer is no, I'm sure. More Donald Trump. It says, after years of Comey with the phony and dishonest Clinton investigations and more running the FBI, its reputation is in tatters, worst in history. But fear not, we will bring it back to greatness. I covered that earlier in the episode talking about that. Uh, he also says, tainted, no, very dishonest. FBI agent rolls in Clinton probe under review led Clinton email probe at Fox and Friends Clinton money going to wife of another FBI agent in charge. Report anti-Trump FBI agent led Clinton email probe. Now it all started to make sense. And then again on Saturday, he changed his story about why he fired Michael Flynn. We started this on why he fired Michael Flynn. And he says here, I had to fire General Flynn because he had lied to the vice president and the FBI. He has pled guilty to those lies. It is a shame because his actions during the transaction were lawful. There was nothing to hide. So now he's essentially like backwater defending Michael Flynn. What the fuck? This is just, it's bogus. And it's just so bogus that... Trump thinks that he can keep changing his story and that people aren't going to notice. It's like Trump walks around and writes down notes in pen and then tries to use an eraser to scribble them out and then just goes, well, I tried to erase them and people think that I erased them, so I'll just write below them and people will only remember that thing. And I, it's beyond me. I don't want to cover Donald Trump anymore, but I do want to cover some stuff going on in the real world today. I live in Indiana. You guys know that. Most of you, if you're listening to anything on the Journey into Comics Network, you know kind of where I'm from. And I'm not afraid of that. That's cool. So Indiana's weird because there's like a section of Indiana called the region. They think they're Chicago. Then there's like the rest of Ch the rest of Indiana, and they think they're Alabama. It's It's weird. They're like a red state with a lot of progressive people in the middle you've got these beautiful, like this beautiful town like Lafayette and Logansport that are just, maybe there are some racist people there, but it seems like for the most part, they're also progressive. So it's very strange how Indiana works. And one thing Indiana is known for is Mike Pence. He was the governor here. He was a piece of shit. Now he's the piece of shit vice president. He um, believed in gay conversion therapy where you would be shocked and, and try to be manipulated into not being gay, homosexual anymore, uh, bisexual or whatever you were choosing to be or, or whatever you are because of how science made you. Now, here's the thing. 
We talked about it on episode 13, AP and I did, about how science is kind of infallible. Their job is literally to look at the facts, look at what they can figure out, figure out what they know, test it, test it again, test it a third time, maybe even test it a fourth and fifth time just to make sure the first few times were right. And then once they've figured out that everything is good, they go from there and they take that theory and they turn it into a fact. That's how they say science is proven. A scientific theory is proven, and that becomes a fact, an article of scientific fact, right? So why am I talking so much about science? Why did I bring up gay conversion therapy? What's going on? I actually pulled up this article I'm not going to read all 22 or all 12 pages. It's just too many. Um, but I, I'm just uh, apparently, and I and I'm. This is the only reason I want to talk about this today is because I feel like this is a good starting point for where we're going to get better as a country. So, with that being said, uh, a evangelical Christian and psychologist, Warren Throckmorton. Um, was leading the voice of sexual reorientation movement, and he doesn't do that anymore. He actually has, like, he went through an ideological journey. He started looking at science and how science works and started, you know, really doing everything he could to make sure he wasn't hurting people because he felt like maybe he wasn't right. How could he know all the answers? And, you know, he... He still views the the Bible as divinely inspired. He wrestles continually, continually with this tension, essentially feeling that he, um, for the Bible, it, I was it wasn't meant to be a textbook on human nature. The Bible may have authoritative authoritative things to say. That's a hard word for me to say right now for some reason, folks. However, the Bible doesn't comment on everything. He says. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this article. You can look it up on Yahoo. Um, some people natu- are naturally different than the norm. No matter how strongly she feels that such expectations shouldn't exist, they do. Uh, he is also saying, th- I think you can view heterosexuality as being the most common evolutionary outcome. God's plan, however, if you want to say it, and still have the exception be okay. He, uh, he is thinking about, well, what does the Bible really say about it, and we have to re- have we read too much into it? Still going back and looking at the words, what they meant, and the context in which they're used, it just seems grayer to me now that uh, grayer to me now than ever. And given that the Bible has been used to support some pretty awful things, I just don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to lend my support to treating people badly and later finding out it wasn't even right. He noted that he had just celebrated his forty his fortieth wedding anniversary. Gay marriage is legal. Didn't affect my marriage. I don't know if the same rules apply to everybody. They certainly apply to me. I'm not an exception. I think this is very important that somebody who had Christian values was willing to step outside the box, look at the facts. Very important thing to say there, folks. Look at the facts. Put everything else aside and see things as they are. And go, oh, I can be a learned person and educate myself and know more about things if I open my mind to the possibility that I don't know everything. I feel like, and I'm not saying no offense to this, I feel like there are too many people in this world now who feel entitled to their opinion. They feel entitled to think that they can have bigotry and hate because, well, it's just how I feel, man, and that's just me, man. And they try to use the ideology of just different opinions as a way to uh, 
spew bigotry and hate, and I'm not for that at all. I have people very close to me who are gay or lesbians or bisexuals or homosexuals or transgendered people, and you know what? Let them love who they want to love. It's not ma- It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. Man wants to marry another man. Cool. I hope they have a great life. Adopt a beautiful kid or try to have an, a kid a different way and, and be able to live a happy life together if they want kids, and if they don't, so what? Woman and a woman want to be together. Same thing. Woman and two men. Two men and one woman. One woman and one woman and one woman and one woman. It doesn't matter. Let people love who they're going to love as long as it's not malicious and hurting people. If your love does not hurt people, then there should be no reason that you can't be allowed to express that love. That also means you're not allowed to prey on the weak and people who are easily taken advantage of. You just can't. So in the society we live in with pedophiles and these crazy rape allegations and sexual misconduct allegations and all these things coming out of Hollywood, this is far from over. And I'm standing here today as a voice of of at least the Journey into Comics Network saying we will not stand for bullying, we will not stand for hate speech, we will not stand for oppression of others' views and religious rights, we will not stand for people mistreating other people because we need to all learn to come together as a society to better ourselves folks i think that's going to do it this week for the poll rapport you can find the poll rapport on all the different social medias at the poll rapport whether it's facebook instagram or twitter you can also check the poll rapport out on journeyintocomics.com or on all the different podcasting platforms whether it's itunes podbean google play stitcher radio uh, overcast downcast castbox podchaser doesn't matter where you're getting your podcast because you can find the journey into comics network there subscribe to us you'll get all the episodes from the network every show we have a show every day of the week every single day a new show will drop for you to listen poll rapport every tuesdays Every single Tuesday, this show with their t- with our typical host, Andrew Poor, who will be back on episode 15 discussing a numerous amount of things with you. Uh, and actually, for those of you who are in the world, uh, AP will be featured on tomorrow's Foodies Watching Movies episode 7, I believe. Holy shit, we're already at episode 7 of season 2. That's crazy. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week of the Poor Poor. I'm so grateful you joined me for this journey, my first attempt at a quote-unquote political podcast. I know I did a lot of reading from Sheets, and that's okay. I'm still trying to get the news to you as best I know possible. If that's going to do it for this week of The Poor Rapport, I have been your host, Nate Phillips, and I thank you again for joining.